welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm your favorite host, Charles Sheeland. And I'm the even better host, Asia Bonilla. We're back again, and today we're reading the third book of the Enchanted Forest Chronicles, Calling on Dragons. So, diving into the second half of the series, these were picked out and suggested by Charles, and I'm new to them. I, as I've said before, I loved these as a kid. I'm loving them still. This book was great. I loved following Morwen. We finished with the cliffhanger. I thought that was incredible, because we haven't had anything in this series that hasn't been predictable so far. So, I was here for that. And since I'm the newbie, I'm going to be giving a plot summary. So essentially the wizards have been banned from the Enchanted Forest, yet somehow they find a way in and end up stealing Mendenbar's sword from the castle. And that means that the enchantment barring them is weaker. So Morwen, Telamane, Cimmerine, and some pets go on a mission to recover the sword from the wizards. They are successful, however, the wizards have taken control of the castle and have trapped Menembar in a time loop inside of the castle. So while they have the sword back and the wizards can't cause mayhem anymore, Menembar is trapped until Cimmerine's child is old enough to wield the sword and break open the enchantments, which... I'm just going to say it right now. I hated the ending. For those of you who are also fantasy haters and have been waiting for me to switch sides, it has finally come. Because for my impression, this was definitely my least favorite book so far. And I just, from the beginning, I just, this one just wasn't as interesting to me. I just what didn't feel as connected to it. I wasn't as intrigued. And then the ending just like sealed the deal that it just wasn't doing it for me. But hopefully Charles has a more positive reaction. I definitely had a more positive reaction. And I knew you were not going to like this one. Or I knew that you, especially, I'm, I think we'll talk about this at the end. But I, I have a particular reason why I knew you weren't going to like the ending. So my impression mostly was that, that cats were definitely the best part of the book. They're really entertaining. I love that they each have a backstory and a personality. And like, you wouldn't, any, you wouldn't expect anything less from an author, you know, Hopefully they have a backstory for every single character they write. But I still appreciated it. Like, I enjoyed that, and I felt like they added something that we hadn't gotten so far. So, to dive in, this book is following Morwen, like I said. The first book followed Cimmerine. The last book followed Menembar. This one follows Morwen. And turns out she's under 30, so assuming they're all sort of similar in age, I was right, they're all, you know, young adultish maybe mid-adultish, or at least true adults. (laughs) Yes, but another side note I just had with Morwen at the beginning, one of the only things I liked was that I would love to have Morwen's magical spell that allows her to make her sleeves, like, hold a bunch of her belongings. So she, like, casts this spell so that her long, like, witch sleeves, she can just, like, toss stuff in, like a giant, like, Mary Poppins-style bag. And I was like, that's so convenient, because then you don't even have to have a bag. Like, you can just toss everything in your sleeves. Yeah, can you imagine how many fewer bags I would take with me to work every day? Like, I feel like I'm leaving the house every day with 15 bags. I would probably only need one. Yeah, well, I would take none. It would be, like, just just like how women's clothing never has any pockets. Like, I don't know, it would just be absolutely groundbreaking if that were to be real. So Morgan is dealing with some guy called The Mist. He's got a really long name. 
but he's basically bullying the witches into being more traditional and she doesn't want to do that because she's a cool witch. It's only moderately important, honestly. His existence in the story and the fact that he was working with the wizards at the end was a pretty non-satisfying payoff. Like, okay, who cares? But the plot starts because her cats tell her there's a giant rabbit over in her yard. And it turns out he ate some clover that made him grow to be absolutely massive. And just imagine... A seven-foot-tall Easter bunny, basically, but his name is actually Killer, comes up to talk to you. Like, that sounds absolutely terrifying. Like, what kind of horror movie is this? So let another point on the cons list of this book. I mean, I think it's the point. Killer Rabbit, like, there's a joke in there. But it turns out that the clover he ate was actually contaminated by some wizard spells because the wizards have been shrinking themselves, and that's you know, going to turn out to be a severe problem. Like, they see they see wizard burn marks that are super tiny. And they're like, well, unless they're tiny wizards, wizards are here or something like that. So we got to deal with that. And, yeah. And, of course, that's going to be a problem and lead us to the whole plot. <laughs> so Morwen and Telamane end up going to the royals, which is Mendenbar and Cimmerine, to kind of explain the situation but first, they find Minnie Antarel, and Telemain has made a spell, actually, to melt wizards with just a trigger word. They don't have to, you know, keep carrying around the buckets of the soapy water. And Finally. Yes, so this spell works like a charm, so they can just, so they're able to just melt Antarel again. And it's actually, like, really convenient, because, again, in the past couple of books, they've had to... They've had to carry around literal buckets of water with them, whereas now they can just say the trigger word and basically, like, squirts out water. Or does it even do that? Or do they just melt? No, that's men and They bond. just melt. They just melt. They just, just melt. say the word and they melt. Do you want to try saying the word? Not really. That's why I purposely skipped over it in the outline. It's Argolfraster. Argolfraster. I should just pick something, like, more simple, like... Melt. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Melt. Um, if this book was written for teenagers, that would work really well with a little swear word at the end. A little swear word that starts with B. Melt. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay, just check in. I, you know, for our <laughs> older listeners, obviously we're not going to swear on the show because we are all age appropriate. But like, anyway, you get it. So they go to see... The Royals. Also, I don't think we mentioned this. We should, probably should. Simmerine is pregnant. So, it's been like eight months since she and Mendebar got married. So, she's due in like six weeks or something like that. She's... Oh, I don't think I realized she was that far along pregnant. I mean, I don't think so. she would... I don't know. But like, it did... It, I think it was... If a, she's due in six weeks, she's like about to pop. Like, she'd be huge. Well, she's definitely enough that like Mendebar is super annoying about it. But also... Like, it's not that big of a time jump at the end from when she, you know, gets back and when she has Daystar. So it can't have been that long. I don't, I don't think they oh, specified I guess six I was weeks, just assuming, but... I was assuming she was like in second trimester territory. Okay. 
I feel like she was at like, least so like she'd third, be showing, but, but like it wouldn't be like she'd really be affected yet because like she's one of those pregnant people who like are working out all the way into like the trimester, like lifting weights. So like she would be okay, but I wasn't imagining her being like full on third trimester, like huge. Okay, well it's not specified, but I imag- I was imagining her like early third trimester. So so after we find out this, it turns out that. The wizards actually shrunk themselves down and, like, went into the castle through, like, the mouse holes. And that's how they were able to steal Mendenbar's sword. And Kazul, the king of dragons, if in case you forgot, is pissed. And she's just like, oh my gosh, these wizards have been such a nuisance. Like, I need to eat some wizards now. Like, that is the solution. We're going to go out and eat all the wizards. Which I do think is reasonable because... At least, well, I have thoughts. I think Kazul's anger is justified because they have been, like, playing footsie with these wizards for so long in the Mountains of Morning, which is where the dragons live, and the Enchanted Forest, where Simrian and Telamina and Morwen live. Like, I know, I guess they don't have an international criminal court to take these wizards to task, but I do think, like, Something more drastic has to happen. They've cap- kidnapped the King of the Dragons. They've tried to steal a bunch of magic. Like, just being like, you can't come in here is not good enough. Like, now, that being said. So I think her anger justified. I do think the eating, the actual eating of the wizards is brushed over. Don't get me wrong. The wizards are evil. They should be punished. They're the antagonists. However, it does feel a little out of place in a children's book. To, like, have named characters get eaten. I know we don't get, like, graphic descriptions, but, like, we know that Zeminar literally gets chopped later. So, like, I don't know. Did you feel like that was a little weird that we were just, like, blatantly talking about named characters getting eaten alive? Well, before I say anything on that, I was just going to say, going back to Kazul, I agree with you that... She has a right to be angry, but, like, it's kind of also her fault that she hasn't done anything about the wizards, which, like, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, that, like, okay, the first book, like, they were kind of, like, oh, they could have been, like, oh, they're just getting up to their antics again, like, they're not, like, they're harmless kind of mindset, but after they literally kidnapped the king of dragons and could have murdered her, I think that there should have been more severe action taken, like, they should have hunt, which is why, like, I think I predicted at the end of last episode that, you know, I thought this calling on dragons was going to be them literally hunting down the wizards or something because of what they've done. But instead, the wizards are 10 steps ahead of them as they've just like celebrated and like gone on with their lives. And now the wizards have been able to affect them even worse. And like, it's actually like awful. So, no, I think that. My mindset for Kazool is I was just like, you should have done something earlier. Like, you kind of allowed this to happen because, I mean, yeah. So that was my my opinion on that. But going into the eating the wizards, that didn't bother me at all because, like you said, it wasn't graphic or anything. And also, as far as, like, named characters, they're literally only named as, like, villains. So, like, I have no investment in them as characters because we only ever interact with them, like, them being the villain and, like, our heroes are fighting them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, honestly, they couldn't, they wouldn't have even had to name who it was, like, because I, I really don't know anything about the characters besides this is their name and they're evil. Okay. 
I guess. And I, I guess, like, it reminds me of, like, and I think, like, in, even in, like, kid stuff, like, people get eaten, like, but they just, like, you swallow them whole, like. It really wasn't graphic. It I didn't even, like, even happen on, it's not even like we saw They said it. it afterwards. We heard about it like, afterwards. Oh. Okay. I was more so just, like, I thought it was interesting that, like, the head of wizards was, like, killed so easily. Like, I know. He was just eaten by Kazool when I'm like, why didn't she do this earlier? Again, if this was so easy, why didn't she just go eat the wizards before? Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So after all of this, they decide that they're going to go on a quest to get back the sword from the wizards. And I just thought it was kind of funny because Cimmerine actually has to go on the quest. Even though, like we said, she's pregnant, like whether she's second trimester, third trimester, but obviously like looks pregnant. But she has to go because she's the only one who can handle the sword because they say that Basically, the only people who can touch the sword are members of the king's family. And obviously, they just got married. Like, their family is just the two of them right now. And Mendenbar can't go because he has to stay in the Enchanted Forest or the spell that Telemaine and him cast to, like, protect the forest will, like, be weakened even more because it needs the sword and it needs Mendenbar. And since the sword is gone, like, Mendenbar is basically the only thing keeping the spell working so he can't leave so literally Cimmerine has to go like even if she didn't want to like she kind of doesn't have a choice which you know while pregnant girl boss look at you getting into all the rules of the magic seems like you like it hint hint wink wink I mean I really haven't had an issue with the magic in this book like I haven't I know I know I'm just teasing you so sure also, did you mean you mean girl boss seriously? Because I know that a lot of people like online mean girl boss ironically. Like, of course, I'm meaning it genuinely. You mean it? In a, she's a girl boss. Okay, but I feel like most people when they use it, they mean it facetiously. Like, just use daddy's credit card to get new earrings from I've Tiffany's. Hashtag girl boss. I've never heard that. Ref- I've never heard that used like that. Really? Oh my god! I. I feel like it's almost always used ironically, like, or like, uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Holmes, who is like, you know, entrepreneur, yes, but also like total scam artist and like criminal. And people were like, she's a hashtag girl boss, but like they meant it ironically. But I mean, I like this oh, more positive. I guess, and maybe I'm just like not with the times because like, I feel like when that first term was coined, it was like a good thing. But like maybe yes. now it's been like It definitely was scandalized. originally good, but I think now it's more like ironic because it's like a little misogynistic to like assume linguistically that boss wouldn't be a woman. Okay, Charles is just like picking apart the language. I was just trying to be quirky, you know, I'm, uh, we may be, we may no, be Gen I'm Z, but the, I don't know the terms. I'm here for the positivity. I don't know the terms. Maybe also because I'm more culturally a millennial, like I am with the older people who are like, everything is misogynistic and therefore we don't like it. Maybe Gen Z does use it in an empowering way. I don't know. Anyway, we're using it in a positive way. Simmerine is a hashtag girl boss. And thank you for the magical explanation. That was very thorough. You're welcome. So the Hero Squad is assembling. We always are talking about Avengers assembling, I guess, because that's when we read series that are like adventures. Literally fantasy series is always like Avengers assemble. But again, at this point, I mean, 
as the quest begins, I'm already like, I'm not. Like, it's it's just, the book was going so slowly. Like, I don't know if you felt this way, but it's so slow. Yes. Like, there's just too much filler time. Like, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, let's get on with the quest. Or like, when are they going to find the sword? Like, they're jumping around. But at least one of the highlights was, well, first of all, the cats in general. Like Charles said, the talking cats, like, honestly, is the only, like, saving grace for the book. Like, I literally only enjoyed the cats talking. And there were so many of them, at least in the beginning, like, when she had all the cats. Like, it was kind of hard to, like, figure out who was talking. But, like, that was still the most interesting thing of this whole book, honestly, was trying to figure out which cat was talking and what they were talking about. Yeah. But one part I really liked was... On the quest, like, when they're walking, the cats are just sitting on Kazool on this dragon's back. Like, they're just chilling. Like, they're not even walking. They said, you know, we're getting a free ride. We're just hitchhiking. And Kazool doesn't even care. Just totally unbothered. I told you, the cats are the best part. Also, I really like some men in bars going to, like, send them to, like, the edge of the Enchanted Forest because he can do that really easily or whatever. He's, like, casting a spell. And he's, like... Morin, just to clarify, are you bringing all of your cats? And I just thought it was really funny because he didn't say it in a judgmental way at all. It wasn't like, oh my God, this lady and her cats. It was more like, if you need all of them, let's pack them all up. But if not, they need to get out of the way. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. I mean, she has what, so, like 10 cats? I think it's like seven or nine. I mean, if I had, if I could talk to my cats, yeah, I'd have like 10 of them because then like they can have conversations with each other. They can have conversations with you. Like you can have a little council of cats, you know, it (laughs) makes it more fun. That's so cute. Oh my God. I'm just imagining a council of cats. They're all sitting in a circle giving you advice. Also, like, her cats, like, do things for her. Like they, like, are her lookouts. They're her spies. What I'm saying. They're like... They're like people. Like, they're like mini people. They're like assistants. For free. they're also cats. So they're snuggly. Okay. So they do some magical travel. But essentially, it's just like, and this section, again, the adventure, it took so long for us to get into the adventure. And then the adventure itself, kind of like, not that adventurous. But they're plodding along. They're trying basically to get to... The wizard's headquarters, which is obviously outside of the Enchanted Forest. And this was around the time where I really just, you know, wrote down that the plot is really dragging at this point. And I was starting to look forward to the book being over. Like, that's how disinterested I was becoming. Because it was just really dragging on. And this is when I knew for sure that I was like, I'm not going to like this as much as the last book. Or even the first one. Like, honestly... This has been the worst one so far. I would definitely say the second one was the best. First one was second. And this is definitely bottom of the totem pole. I mean, I do think this is my least favorite because I think it's repetitive. Like, Killer, the story with Killer, and then Simmerine having to call Mendenbar because he's so worried about her, and Telemaine being tired. I was like, it felt, like, really annoying because we were rehashing everything, especially the Killer storyline because it was pointless. Like... I was very annoyed that we had him around. Yeah, he was very annoying. Killer was so annoying, especially once he was a donkey and, like, he just literally wouldn't shut up. Like, I was like, please stop talking. Yeah. And he's always talking about how hungry he is. Like, so for for context, he keeps eating magical things. And so, by like, he starts as, like, a brown bunny who dyes his hair, his fur white. By the end of the book, he's a floating blue donkey with giant wings. And it's because he keeps 
Like, and it's not endearing that he's stupid. Like, it's annoying because he keeps getting told, don't eat anything else, and he does it anyway. And I'm like, I don't know. To me, like, yeah. And he had no growth as a character. Like, he didn't get restraint at some point. Like, (laughs) I don't know. It was kind of annoying. I was like, you're literally being taken care of by people who could just dump you. But, and his presence doesn't contribute anything to the story. Like, he's just a menace. Yeah, well, I wrote down, which, you know, should be proud of me that I was able to make this reference, but I said that Killer reminded me of Jar Jar Binks from the Star Wars prequel movies because of just how annoying he was and, like you said, really not contributing anything, like, to the plot. I didn't realize you'd seen the Star Wars prequels. That's such an excellent and accurate comparison. I have. I watched them with my boyfriend, Anthony, but... Yeah, I had to text him to ask him about this. And I didn't know what the name of the character was, but we talked about this before. And I was like, I don't really get it because I wasn't invested. But I was like, after reading this, I was like, now nah, I understand what you mean. Like, this was horrible. Yeah. but you've se- So you've seen Phantom Menace. You've seen Jar Jar Binks. You- yeah, I've seen all three of the prequels. We watched okay, but- them at some point. Okay, but you didn't like... Because in the Star Wars fandom, like, he is universally hated. Yes, I also asked him that because I was like, if I make this reference, like, will people understand? But that is the vibe I got of a killer. Like, he is that, like, just awful, like, not contributing. And just, like, unnecessarily stupid. Like, for no reason. Yes. Did you know that in the Star Wars community, there's also, like, a pretty pervasive, and it might be more ironic, but, like, pervasive tinfoil theory that Jar Jar Binks is actually a Sith Lord? And that, like, he helped cause, like, the downfall of the Jedi Order. I feel like, I feel like Anthony might have mentioned something like that, but I don't know. I'm sure Anthony's mentioned that to you because he's definitely heard it before. Now, the real question, while we're still talking about Jar Jar, um, can you do a Jar Jar Binks voice for us, please? I don't remember. I remember it's, like, really goofy and awful, too. Please do it. My colleague. Charles is the only one who does My colleague did the Jar Jar Binks. I'm not good at that. It's true. My colleague did a Jar Jar Binks walk during work once, and it was so funny. And no one I could probably do the walk, I think. Neither of us will, since this is an audio format. If we practice, (laughs) that won't get any better. (laughs) But only my colleague and I were dying laughing, and everyone was like, what's wrong with them? We were like, it's a Star Wars thing. But, okay, this is my best Jar Jar Binks before we go back to the Enchanted Forest. But it's more like a... Misa Jar Jar Binks at a... Master... (laughs) I can't do it. It's not high enough. Honestly, it sounds like, I don't know, it sounds kind of like not good. Like, I feel like it's like making fun of something. Like, I don't know. Almost definitely. Almost definitely. Definitely problematic. Yeah. I mean, Phantom Menace is an absolutely wild movie. So. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on. But yes, Killer is the Jar Jar Binks of the story. Um, so it turns out the mist, who's the annoying guy who keeps telling all the people they need to act traditionally is working with the wizards. So they break into his house to get the sword back. I also just wanted to mention that how, you know, I was disinterested in the story is I know that they mentioned that guy, the mist like a hundred times. And I still was like, didn't see it coming when he was the villain. Like, I'm not even kidding. I was like, oh, isn't this the guy they keep talking about? Like, I wasn't even trying to predict what was going to happen because I was just really didn't care. Oh, so you know what? We're going back to, it's not that I hate it. I just don't care. 
<laughs> as words from Charles for what book was that? I don't know. I think it was like The Maze Runner. It was, oh no, no, no. It was um, Everlast. Oh my God, the yes. The trilogy. Charles, <laughs> I just don't care. So rude. So that's my go to. I don't hate it. I just don't care. Well, I like it. Also, we should mention, because I don't know if we're going to mention them otherwise, they meet, like, who's living in a Rapunzel tower. His name's a, he's a fire witch, and his name is, like, Brendan or something like that. I don't think it's Brendan. It's Brennan, I think. No. Okay. It's definitely not. It's something different. You didn't write this down? No, because he was such a non-element in the story. I would just refer to him as the fire witch. Yes, but I think he's in the next book. Maybe. So we should probably, like, mention it so that when we record next week he's not a complete unknown quantity anyway so um but yeah the whole thing with the mist i mean i thought it was funny that he was telling the fire witches and the witches and everyone to be more traditional but i was also like again who cares at this point i was literally just waiting for the story to be over like him working with the wizards was like I was just waiting. I don't think I ever said that during the Everlast books, but okay. Well, you you feel differently about things than I do. I'm just generally more positive about books than you are. Well, it's like it takes one thing and then I'm just turned off. <laughs> just turned off. Exactly. It. Proving my point. <laughs> but so that was that. And then, of course, Stupid Killer is the one who ends up saving Cimmerine from the choke vine, which is, like, this invisible plant that we get, like, introduced at some point. And, like, for some reason, only Killer can see it, which, like, I also, that was a question I had. Why is he the only one who can see it? No explanation. Probably because of all the spells that are on him. So plot twist right, or not plot twist, plot hole right there. Didn't like that. But because he can see the plant, like, he ends up just eating it, and he's able to save Cimmerine, so, like, at least his character came in handy for something. But otherwise, again, just pointless. At what cost? (laughs) At what cost? So, I did like that Cimmerine was able to melt Antarell again. Like, he got melted twice this book. Like, he gets melted every book, but he got melted twice this time, which I thought was a highlight. I was also wondering for melting the wizards, like, I wonder if the more you get melted, like, is it, the more you get melted, like, do you come back faster? Or, like, is it harder to come back? Like, you know, that's, again, something that I think would be interesting to, like, explore. I have no idea. I can't tell you. But anyway, they get Mendebar's sword pretty easily, and at this point, you're like, well, at least I was like, oh, finally, the book's almost over, like, they're gonna win success, but of course, there's an awful twist. It's not awful. It keeps you interested. So they do the transport back to the Enchanted Forest, but the castle is in a magical bubble. It turns out the wizards are mostly eaten, including Zeminar, but they've taken control of the castle, and Vendenbar is stuck there forever until the spell is broken. And then Telamane, we haven't been mentioning him, but he's been very cute this whole book, and he says the sword has to be used by a direct royal descendant, so it will be Simmerine's kid in a couple years who, with when they have enough brain power and intention, they can use it to go in and break the spell. And that's truly the only way they're going to get Men and Bar out of the castle. Okay, before we get serious, I just wanted to say, 
when they first were talking about that it had to be like men and bars direct descendant i don't know why like imagine like as soon as the baby's born like they're gonna hold the baby up and like make the baby hold the sword and that's how they were gonna like break it because like i didn't understand it first but no it's like that'll be the cutest thing ever so that's what i thought at first they meant so like I was imagining, and I was like, how would that work? Like, they have to hold the baby and, like, make the baby hold the sword, and, like, that would work? But then, like, no, what they actually mean is that they're going to have to wait for the baby to, like, come of age, basically. So, what, they're going to basically lose, like, 15, 16, like, whatever the, whatever that age is for them. They're going to lose that many years, like, 15 years of their marriage because of this, like, not being together. Sounds like the absolute worst outcome. Yeah, it's it's pretty terrible. Like I hated the ending. Like I'll say I was I was at the I just don't care. But then we got to this ending and I was like, I don't even want to read the next book. That's <laughs> OK. Hate is a strong word. <laughs> but I hate it. Like I actually hate it. Like I just like I told you how I hated the ending of his dark materials, the his dark materials like I I think that's one of my, like, I hate that kind of trope of, like, it's not even necessarily that somebody died, but, like, that you can't see each other, and, like, but you know they're still there. Like, that's torture. Okay, well, there's, unlike His Dark Materials, there's another book in the series. Yeah, but, like, unless, I mean, we'll see in the next book, unless they solve the issue before 15 years, like, the damage is done. Like, (laughs) they can't come back from that decision. Okay, well, I mean... I, I, trust me, I'm frustrated with it. I think it stinks too. Like, don't get me wrong. It's. Do you remember, do you remember what happened? Yes, of course. I know what happened. Well, all I I know is that I'm assuming, obviously, I'm assuming in the next book, well, it has to be two options. Either there's a time jump, so now the kid is grown, and they're going to be breaking the spell, so, you know, it's jumped however many years in the future, and all this time, like, Mendenbar's been, like, living alone in a castle. Like, he's probably going to have gone insane. No, he's, like, in stasis. Or... No, he's, like, in the time loop. Oh, he is? Like, he's not just in there existing? I don't think so. But we'll find... I can't remember. Does he age, then? So that's even worse. That means Simmerine's going to age, and he's going to be young, and then they're going to come out, and she's going to be an old lady. Because, you know, they, they age super fast in these olden days. Oh, my God. I think she's going to be fine. But I'm saying, like, that's horrible. Gosh, now we're Edward and Bella. Like, she's going to be da- she's gonna be her worst nightmare, like a grandma dating, like, a 17-year-old man. Okay, yeah, let's not think about that. So... I did think it was sad that Simreen, like, spends two months after the thing, like, trying to break the spell open. Like, that did say that in the book. Like, she tries so hard to break the spell, and everyone's like, maybe you should take a rest. And she's like, I gotta figure it out. And she can't do it. And I was like, that's so sad. She's like, it's my husband in there. Like, I literally, the one person I love and, like, who truly understands me and, like, they're still there, but I can't get to them. This is an absolute worst nightmare. And even when they turned the mist into the blue donkey, like, it didn't even make me feel better. Like, I didn't hate the ending. I didn't hate the book. But I did, it did make me sad. I was like, I'm sad for them, of course. And I hate sad endings. I like a happy ending. I mean, I know this isn't the end, but as Charles always likes to say, how the book ends, 
I didn't like the end of the book. It still was a book, but it wasn't something I liked. So we do get an epilogue. Their son's name is Daystar. And Daystar is such a such a fantasy name. Daystar. Um, that's funnier, but it's um it's such a fantasy name, Daystar. Like but I do think I mean, his dad's name is Mendenbar. Like, what does that even mean? He's a man. He's a, oh, a man. He's a man. He's one of the men. He lives <laughs> in a den, and he likes to go to the bar. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I really liked that Kazool was, Kazool, Kazool was cooing over a baby. I thought that was really funny. But basically, Cimmerian and Daystar, they're going to hide the sword in the forest, and they're going to go move out of the forest to protect everyone. And they'll have to wait for the last book to see how it all resolves. I just know that the wizards are coming back. Like, these, the only consistent thing in the story is how, like, great the wizards are with sneaking around and, like, doing bad things and, like, getting away with it. So. This is true. I feel like the last book, well, hopefully it's going to be the final showdown between, you know, the Enchanted Forest, the dragons against the wizards, and, like, they'll finally win. But, like, at what cost? Like, Menembar is going to be this young man and his whole family's like, grown up without him. I can't remember. I, I don't want to spoil anything. So, that's... All I know is, I guess I may sound dramatic, but... You? Dramatic? <laughs> Never. I'm just saying that I guess, for me, like I said, the last book was my favorite. And I was really clear that my favorite thing about the book was the romance. Like, that is ultimately... I even said that play the tape in the first episode after we read the first book i said i like the story because i like the characters the only thing that can make this better is romance and i even said how you know all simmery needs is now a man who like understands her and accepts her for who she is or a woman whatever she wanted to get with but the reality is and that happens that happens which is great and now we're in the third book and they've literally ripped that apart this is like new moon all all over again you know you're all happy for them and they just tear them apart but like it's unclear if they're going to get together and if they are their relationship is going to be forever altered and changed yeah yeah so i don't like that so that's why i'm saying i may sound dramatic but like yes i hate it because the main thing i liked about the book they basically just like threw that in the trash, stomped on it, ripped it apart, and burned it alive, and said, oh, you thought you like liked what you were reading? Let's change it all. Let's flip the switch. Wow. So. That's kind of, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, because I think I didn't, I didn't dislike it as much. And I swear, if the talking cats are not in the next book, I'm not going to read it. Like, I, I don't they're think the they're going to be like, in I it. need that more of that in my life. Oh, my God. What are we going to read? <laughs> I don't know. But it's going to be... I will admit, the ending is sad, but I don't think you're going to feel that way when we finish the next book. I don't think I would have read these books, like, five times if I felt like it left me depressed every time. Now. Well, clearly, didn't you, haven't you read his Dark Materials multiple times? Yes, but that didn't leave me depressed. I mean, it, did make, it left me heartbroken. It left me depressed. I almost cried at the end of those books. That's how much it affected me, and I'm like, I don't need this in my life. It left I don't me need to have, heartbroken, but it left me I don't need to be heartbroken touched. by people who don't exist. Well, anyway, I'm really excited to read this book, the next book, because it, knowing now that the last book was written first, 
and that these three books that we just read were written afterwards to build up to this last book, I'm very interested to read that. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I almost forgot that you had said that. So, like, the last book was the first book she actually wrote. Correct. So, so when you read it the first time, did you read it in series order or you read it like... I read it in series order, not in publication order. So that means this book is going to be absolutely awful. Because now I'm saying I think what's called Talking to Dragons, it's going to be absolutely devastating. And then she was like, oh, I'll write all these prequels so like you get the happy happiness they experienced before their whole lives just like blew up in chaos. Okay, we shall see. Do you have any final thoughts on Calling on Dragons before we start predicting Talking to Dragons? My final thought for this book was, why is it called Calling on Dragons? Like, when did they call on dragons? They didn't. I mean, I guess at the very end, like, at the end, Kazul, like, Kazul talks about how they called on the dragons to, like, help with Mendenbar, but, like, the dragons clearly didn't do much because he still got kidnapped and is, like, trapped in the castle, so... I don't know. I feel like the first two books were like made sense, like dealing with dragons. Like she went to the dragons, she like was dealing with them because she was working for them, and then searching for dragons. She was literally searching for Kazul. So I just I feel like the books titles have made sense so far, and this one just like absolutely makes no sense. Like because literally they didn't like except for that. This one, one fe- d- this one does feel a little shoehorned. I like it just that. seems random, but I guess you know she had to have dragons in the name, and she was like calling on dragons seems good enough. But, and then my final thing was that I wanted to add that through all of these three books so far, well, at least these second two, we still haven't heard from Eleonora and the Stone Prince who, you know, supposedly got married or were engaged to be married at the end of the first book. So since we haven't heard from them, we don't know how they're doing. Also, we never got the Stone Prince's name, which I'm assuming we're going to get in the last book. Otherwise, that's a huge plot hole because... He never had a name, and also, Eleanor was, like, Simmerine's best friend, and they just never spoke again. I think those are great points. I think that we should read the next book so we can find out. I don't know why it's called Calling on Dragons. I just, I agree. I do think it's a little shoehorned. But, we... I just feel like Eleanor should have been mentioned at least once throughout the two books. Like, don't you think? I mean, she got mentioned when they talked in the second book about how they were like, my friend Eleonora discovered a way to melt wizards, but... But, like, yes, I'm but saying, like, mentioned They haven't had any correspondence. Of, yeah, yes. they've had no correspondence, no update on, like, how the marriage is going. Just because it seemed like Simmerine liked her a lot, like, so I was getting the vibes of, like, this is her, even if not best friend, but, like, her friend. And, like, it's been, what, over a year now from the first book, and, like, you haven't talked to your friend at all? Good point. That's a good point. When you have access to magic mirrors, but I guess maybe if they don't have access. Well, we should find out next week when we read it. I guess so. Look at that segue. So next week we'll be reading the fourth and final book, Talking to Dragons. Hopefully that title will make more sense than this one. So if you read along, you can go ahead and just finish the book for next week. And then after that, we're going to be doing a mini series. So we'll be reading all of Star Girl by Jerry Spinelli, which that's a mini series because it's only made up of two books. So if you want to read that with us as well, you can get that book. We'll be reading the whole book in one week. Yeah, I'm excited to read something new. I mean, I've been really enjoying these ones, but I'm excited to read something I haven't read yet. 
And if you have predictions or theories or questions, remember you can reach out to us on the Nerd Party website. Just head over to nerdparty.com contact and select throwback paperback. And you can send us an email there or get in touch with the network on Twitter at Join Nerd Party or Instagram at The Nerd Party or Facebook.com slash The Nerd Party. And to find me, I'm at Seashells on Instagram. And I'm at AsiaBoney on TikTok and at Asia.Boney on Instagram. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, check out the other podcasts on the Nerd Party Network. But as always, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week. Yes, hit that subscribe button. Have a good one. We will see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.